0: Hey, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening today. I'm extremely excited to have Chris Eddings on the phone. Um, he's an owner at both Five Restaurant and Chuck's Fish. And uh, there's two Chuck's Fish locations, uh, five of the five restaurant locations, and they're spread around uh, in, in Alabama and Tennessee and Georgia and uh, doing some really, really cool stuff at these restaurants. But, um, Chris, thanks so much for taking the time join today. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate you having me. It's nice to be on here. So you're um okay, so let's get started. Just um tell me a little bit about your background and you know, how you got started in the restaurant business. Sure, sure. My my background is uh well it back to uh my mother's side of the family. I was actually born and raised in Tokyo and uh my mother's Japanese and we've had uh three successful restaurants uh been in, in and around the Tokyo area for the past three generations. Uh my mom's side of the family has had uh, your typical Japanese cuisine restaurants and um uh, and also sushi restaurants. So So I kinda grew up in the Biz and you know, when I was twelve years old I moved to the United States and, you know, did the whole school thing and then uh, after uh after high school and college I ended up uh, I've got a uh I've got a degree from the University of West Florida and I worked in Boston as a software developer for about three years and all the while knowing that I eventually I was going to be in the restaurant business. So I found myself in uh, 2002, um, managing a restaurant called Harbor Docks in Destin, Florida. Well, uh, long before that, my mother, um, was, uh, partnership with, uh, uh, Charles Morgan, um, who's the owner of Harbor Docks down in Destin. And, uh, my mother had put our family sushi bars into his, um, concepts that were spread out, and in particular Harbor Docs. That, that was 27 years ago now, so. So, it started off where my mother put a sushi bar in the Harvard Ox in 1989 or, or 1988. And then, so Charles Morgan, who owns Harvard Ox, had known me since I was, you know, since I was a young uh, teenager. And since then and, then, and I just found myself after college, uh, 2002, I went back home to Destin, Florida, and I started managing Harvard Ox's restaurant. And, and um you know, three years later, he and I partnered in and opened our first restaurant called Camille's, Investments in whatever. And then now 10 years later, here I am, uh, my business partner is Charles, and and we've uh, since uh, opened all the Chuck Fish and the five restaurants together. That's fantastic. You guys have really done a lot in a short amount of time. you got seven, seven locations now, right? Uh, we do. Uh, between those two concepts, yeah, we've, we've Start off with the Chuck's Fish in Tuscaloosa, uh, and several later, several years later, we opened the Chuck's Fish in Birmingham, and then uh, and then the the, the the five restaurants spawned, and that was in uh, January, early January 2011, and then uh, uh, one and a half years later, we uh, just opened our fifth um, five location in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, well, so really good growth, and and uh you guys are clearly doing a great job of running these things i mean is it um <laughs> talk about that i mean going from from uh you know you you're a single truck fixed and then a second and then you've got five of these five um restaurant locations i mean that's uh gotta be have some challenges that, that go along with um you know growing and growing that quickly, and how have you guys been able to do that so well you know I think. You know, the biggest obstacle in something like that is uh, and it's something I've learned, is that it's extremely difficult to find good people <laughs> to uh yeah. to, to work with and, and, and really manage these restaurants. They gotta be people that, that share your vision, that understand that we're not in it just for the bottom line and, and it's hard to find good, passionate people who, who truly um invest in uh in their time and effort into into what we believe in. Um fortunately uh we we've been able to do that, but it hasn't been easy. And so, I, I, and you know, we're, we're a type of company who, who certainly believes. Uh, you, you may not think so with, with our track record, but we, we do believe in slow growth, and we 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 don't want to pursue and and quote bite off more than we could chew, more than we could chew. Um, it's a situation where we'd like to get a our store open and make sure that that unit is is performing well, and up to our expectations, and then we'll rightly start looking at another location. But you know, we we're certainly not. Um, uh, really capable with the management staff, and or you know, I, quite frankly, if we've never done this, so I don't know that we'd be really good at opening a bunch of locations at once. So we like to uh, we like to take our time, do things right. Um, we're running the risk here with these five uh, the, the five stores and you know, restaurants that we're opening because <clears throat> we focus so much on being an uh, individually owned restaurant and, and a non corporate, non non chain because because we're not. Um, you know, we. We localize every store that we have by, by trying to incorporate, um local farms. Uh, we, we try to integrate into the local, uh, communities at each location. So, uh, um, yeah. because we think that's, that's just mm-hmm. crucial to, to running a, a successful business in these type of towns that we're opening in. Well, now let me ask you this. I found something, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but in my mind, that five stands for the number five is, is because you got, uh You have like five uh menu items in each category, like five appetizers, five entrees, five beers. Is that is that right? Did I understand that's, that correctly? Y- yeah, that's correct. And it's and it's based on the premise that you know while, while there are many obviously many wonderful restaurants out there, there's there's a lot of restaurants that we feel are, can be overwhelming in regards to the menu. And what we wanted to do was uh was was, was do a restaurant that's based on the concept of of uh, doing a few things but doing trying to do those things really well. And you know, I know when I go to my favorite restaurant, you know, if I if I know I'm going to going to a certain place tonight and I've been there before, uh I pretty much know what I'm gonna order before I walk into the store. And so, uh because I'm thinking about it now. And um you know, we feel that um uh, you know even and I found that even with with this style, with this simple style of a menu, uh people seem to still have issues deciding what to order, so Um, so we, uh, and also, you know, we also understand that having only five things, you know, if you only got five lunches, they better be pretty dang good, and, you know, so while the expectations, uh, are raised tremendously when somebody walks in our door, um, it also allows us much more time and focus and energy to, 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 to practice and, and really, uh, pick apart what we're actually for to out there and so while the expectations are high it gives us a chance to really focus on what we're doing now you see that, I love that man I, I really love that you guys are doing that and uh, yeah. I say you know to, to Chris of course a lot of people that are listening to this podcast are people that you know are aspiring restaurant owners, and um, I think that that's you know for those of you listening it's something to seriously consider um, What, what a great way to uh, keep the restaurant operation simple. Free up time to focus on, you know, uh, providing a great experience for guests and, and just doing what you do really, really, really well. You hear me? I, I, I guess, Chris, I mean, I relate so much to that because that's very much how we try to run Um mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, just do a few things and do them really well. So I think it's a great concept. I'm actually surprised. Are you not surprised that, I mean, more restaurants don't do that? Because, I mean, there are some now that have, I guess, simpler menus, and people are starting to understand that, but there's just so many that, you know, even today, there's places, like a place I've been near me recently, and I looked at the menu, I was like, ah, I don't know where to start. There's just, like, yeah, it's, items, it's like, and how could you do any of those really well, you know, and then even if you could, like, which ones are, I don't know, it's just confusing. It's too much. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there's something to say for, for keeping things simple, and, and, but I, I certainly don't want to give you anybody listening out there that, 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 the misconception of having a simple menu means these operations are simple to run, <laughs> because oh yeah, because, good um, point yeah. yeah, because you know, it's when everything from the service to the food, I mean, we've had a great training program in place, but you know, again, if you only have five things on the menu, your server or your bartender needs to know every single intricate detail about these entrees you know we have a cheeseburger and, it's, and to me it's a wonderful cheeseburger it's, it's I mean, <laughs> I'm more partial to it but it's one of cheeseburgers on the best cheeseburgs I've ever had in my life but you know, we have time to focus, and our service need to know about where the meat comes from, what the uh, what, what the ratio of the meat is. You know, where the cheese comes from, what bakery does the bread come from, what kind of bread, how what is the process that these things are made. Um, we put a bacon relish on top of the on uh, top of the burger. What's comprised in the bacon relish? What's comprised of the ingredients of you know the, what makes up the ingredients of the ingredients? I mean, so we get really into detail about the knowledge of the menu, and we we only hope that, uh, that our servers are, are relaying that properly. And uh, and we think they are, but um, but yeah, a, a, a simple menu does not always translate to a, a simple operation. It, it, it just it, it really puts more pressure on you. But um, but it's something that you know my uh, my partner and I we we like to think differently. We like to think outside of the box. And it's um, it to us, you know, we uh, my partner Charles, who's initially approached me with this thing, you know. People, in normal person would say uh, i don't know about that but we we kind of like that we feed off that so um we you know we certainly uh try to stay away from trends and, and the thing about the five uh the food we offer there it's, it's it's honest food um it'll cut any corners, and um and you definitely get a stand for it well that's a great point doesn't it doesn't need a very good point uh, i'm glad you i'm glad you talked about that but then what it gives you is the opportunity to It sounds like um, to educate your guests uh, and do a really good job of that um, so that they really understand more about, you know, what you're doing and why you're doing it and why it's important. People probably really like that, I would imagine. I mean, I'm I'm guessing, but I think I would imagine that because, first of all, it is different than what you would typically get most places, Um, and it is something unique, and it probably gives them the sense that, you know, you know, these guys are really valid into the, you know what they're doing here and, and, and the simplification makes them you know enables them to be really, really good at it. And then mm-hmm. guest education is uh I mean that's an enjoyable thing when you feel like you've got a server that, you know, is not just saying like, you know, here's here we have a burger and it's really good, but, you know, here's what we do with it, here's why we do it, uh you know, here's here's how we prepare it, here's why we believe it's you know, just an an exceptional burger. That that's a that's a good experience to have the customer, I would imagine. Yeah, and, and the feedback's been wonderful. Um, and like I said, there's been some reluctancy when when people when you initially tell tell people somebody well, when initially tell somebody about the concept, and but because it's different. And like I said, we're we're uh, we're glad to be different. And and uh, you know, I'm I'm uh, younger than than my partner, and and I I tend to fall into trends more, but. And and he's he's got to, <laughs> it's a struggle for him to try to keep me focused on on on, on staying simple with the concept and and it's you got, it takes discipline to stay simple. Um, you know, fortunately, my my partner Charles, who and I'm also fortunate that he's he's my mentor, and um, uh, you know, he's he's been in the business a lot longer than I have, so he's. He's really good about keeping me and, and all the rest of the staff, uh, focused on, and, and, disciplined on, on staying, keeping things simple. And then don't, don't fall into the, the trend that, you know, oh, like, you know, you need to put this on your menu. You might need to add a little bit more of this, or you guys need to do this. And let's just kind of stick with our gun. Stick, stick with what we're doing and, and, uh, hopefully it'll, it'll lead to success. Love it, man. Um, all right, so changing here a little bit, I want to ask you about something that I saw. I think it was an article from a year or so ago uh, where you guys, and I think this was a truck's fish, but you raised your uh, your minimum wage for your non-tip employees for like 10, 25 an hour, something like that. Um, and uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to ask you, Am I accurate? Is that right? Did I read that correctly? And so, like, why did you do yeah. that? And what's happened since then? Because I think it was from, like, Mid 2014 or something like that. It is, yeah. We 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 did it quite some time ago, but you know, and it's before all this. You know, I I think Congress now is pushing towards towards actually making this happen, or or you know, minimum wage is now become a big deal. But even before all that, you know, we kind of looked at ourselves and and said, you know, we'll, we'll, first off, we don't advertise uh, one single bit, and, and a lot of the money that's normally could be allocated towards a, a marketing expense or a PR expense, we would like to. We'd like to focus that, put that money back into two things. One is, one is a non-profit company that, that we started, which I can share with you later. But, um, the second is, is putting the money back into the employees. And we know, like I was, mentioning about the servers earlier, you know, we are only as good and we're only going to be successful as, as the people that, that work with us. And, but it, it, it's, it's our goal to certainly become somebody's happy. And, you know, we would put our guys in the kitchen, especially that, uh, that just, Quite frankly, work their butts off every single night, and, and, and working conditions that aren't out, that aren't glamorous. They're they're in the back, you know, our porters. Oh, we we don't we don't call them dishwipes. We call our guys porters because they do a little bit of everything. And if they're out there in the back, confident, man. And It's just, you know, when we're looking at this thing, man, like we really need to take good care of these guys. I mean, you know, they're 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 providing the clean silverware that, that's polished to a T that that our guests are able to eat off of. And so, you know, and, and quite frankly it's, we want our our to be able to make enough money to to afford to come eat in our own restaurants, you know, so so um so yeah, we we, we raise the minimum wage wages in, in all of our stores across the board and to ensure that uh that we're providing a a a, a, a decent living for for these people that are working incredibly hard for us. That's really cool. Um so, and yeah, you guys did do that well before the, um, before that kind of became a national conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me, okay, so no advertising. Let's get into that a little bit. I mean, that's something that, you know, is probably, uh, would, would scare a lot of folks. And, and, you know, again, you say you guys do things kind of differently. So, um, you, tell me about that. I especially I want to hear about the not-for-profit. Um, but really just before you even get into that, like, what, why did you guys decide not to advertise? That's such a common thing, and you know it's, um, it's something that probably yeah. most people that are planning a restaurant just kind of assume. Okay, well, how much do we allocate for advertising? Where do we advertise? And you you know, you don't even do it so talk about sure. that. Sure. Well, well, let me preface by saying we, we 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 support advertisers. We 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 think it's um, a wonderful profession and career, um, and we don't we're not um, advocates of other restaurants not advertising. That's that's certainly not what um the the angle that we, we take with it. Um it's just our, our personal uh, uh way of doing things is uh, I think it started back in a, you know my my partner Charles like I mentioned has been doing many wonderful things for many years in regards to raising money for, for the less fortunate. Um he's been doing a there's take a kid fishing uh campaign down there in uh in Justice Florida for the past twenty years where, you know, once a year he raises money and he takes uh you know Hundreds and hundreds of kids fishing with flies and their own rods and reels, and we have a bunch of boats that come together and, and it takes takes kids out fishing that normally get a chance to do so, and then we ends it with a big day of doing a big fish fry for all these kids that you know caught fish out in the ocean. So, um, so it's, it's through different avenues like that uh, where we like to allocate a lot of our uh, marketing expense. Um, you know, at Chuck Fish in Tuscaloosa, we were approached by the local YMCA there to, to sponsor a, a kind of an underprivileged, uh, youth football league and, um, uh, a, a team, rather. Uh, they said, you know, would you, would you mind sponsoring a team? And, you know, at that point, I think Charles, who stepped up and said, uh, so you want to, instead of just sponsoring the team, we'll sponsor your entire league. And so, just kind of, you know, the four or five thousand um, dollars, whatever it took to kind of get all these uniforms and equipment for the kids, uh, um we, we just funded that. In return, you know, they put, they put our logo on the kids' uniforms. And so instead of, instead of one team having a Chuck's Fish logo, uh, I think the entire league had a Chuck's Fish logo, but just with different colors. So, 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 you know, it's, it's um basically, basically it comes down to, you know, we, we realize that we do need to market ourselves and and get ourselves out the community. Uh, we would rather be able to, uh, uh, spend that money, and, and we know that, you know, with any goodwill, there's, there's good marketing that comes with it, so, uh, rather than just spending that money on, on any sort of print, uh, advertising, type uh, newspaper or TV or, or, anything of that sort, uh, we'd rather, uh, market ourselves, but at the same time being able to help somebody else, uh, with that money also. Gotcha, man. That's really cool. Very cool. Um and then you are also, uh, t- talk a little bit about your, uh, you were telling me before we started, um, he had a call here about about your uh, food trucks that you have. Um, sure, that you yeah. I Sure that same. Oh, great! Thank you very much. Well, food, uh, I, I take great pride and interest in in, in this operation. It was actually a, a an idea that was uh, came up from Charles' son, Chad Morgan, while he was taking a course at the University of Alabama, where we had two stores. And during that course, he, he just came up with the idea and said I mean, you know what like how about we have a how about a food truck but not for profit and that's like it was during the big food food truck boom there's the craze that's going on and i guess it's still going on but um you know and then and, and again based it on the premise that you know there's while well, there's many wonderful soup kitchens out there doing wonderful things a lot of times people that uh, are in need of the services of soup kitchens, uh, can't transport themselves to go get the food. And uh, so, hence came the idea of, uh, of, in an essence having a, a food kitchen, uh, that can be transported and, uh, driven to impoverished locations to give out lunch. So, so that's when we, uh, came up with the idea of, uh, it's called American Lunch. It's a 501c3 non-profit organization. And, uh, it's, it, it's, operated through uh volunteers, uh most of which are employees, so we invite the community to help volunteer with the truck. And what it is is it's mostly from food that we purchase solely for the the, the American lunch operation. But so we take a lot of the, the food, uh, some of the food that would might normally, you know, not amount to much the next day in a restaurant, you know, some leftover rice or leftover uh whatnot. And we create these restaurant quality meals, you know, both C gumbo or red bean and rice with sausage garlic bread and sweet tea and water. What we do is our, our chefs prepare these meals and the next day we pack the food truck up, uh we drive it to impoverished locations and and we give out lunch from eleven to one. And uh we have uh we currently have two trucks in operation, one in Knoxville, Tennessee and uh, one in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And we're currently stopping around for our third truck that we want to operate in Chattanooga. And and it's just a wonderful thing. It's 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 we um you know, every Monday in Knoxville for example, we we go to the Summit Towers, which is a low income housing project and it's for sixty five and older. And there's a ton of people in there who on a Monday afternoon would would not be able to eat a lunch for their family or for themselves or for one reason or another. And so we pull the truck up into the parking lot, uh open the window of the food truck and we have we have a line out there, people just waiting uh, for, for these free, uh, free meals that we give out.
1: And it's a wonderful thing. And
0: not only for the, for the people that are receiving the food, but Charles and I realized, uh, that we're in a position where we, we employ a lot of, uh, of, of, younger generation. And, you know, with, with the 300 plus employees we have amongst the seven stores, you know, we, they're still very, very impressionable. And it, it also gives us an opportunity to, to teach these kids that, uh, you know, being successful, uh, in the restaurant business, which, which, uh, we've, we've been fortunate to be that way, but, um we're, we find ourselves in a position that, uh, if that if, if, if you can help somebody else out, uh, you know, we're not heroes for doing so. It's just something that we think we should be doing. So, we certainly don't, you know, sit here and pat ourselves on the back for doing this. Uh, we only, we only hope to serve as a, as a, um as an example to other people to say, listen, like if you're in a position, if you're profitable, and if you're done good, like, you know, help somebody out. It's 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 more to this business other than that bottom line. And and you'll be able to put your head on the pillow at the end of the night and and feel feel good about yourself. Man, that's really cool. How, how many uh so you how many days a week do you do it? Uh we are currently doing the food truck three days a week. So every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. We'll Monday, we'll Monday, okay, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Mhm. Different location each each day. You know, we we try to stay consistent. Every Monday we'll go to this location. Every Wednesday we we'll oh, go to yeah. this location, just so we can get some, uh, uh, some some routine to it, so people will know. And we post on our, our website. It's uh, AmericanLunch.org. dot um, org. The different locations and the type of foods we'll be serving every week, and uh, people always can can check in with that to see where the food truck is going to be. <laughs> How many meals would you serve on a typical on a typical day? Yeah, I was I would say you know depending on location, but on average I would say we serve about eighty lunches a day. Um, I know that since its inception in July two thousand twelve, we've I think we are currently at about I would say twenty five thousand lunches that we've served so far. That is amazing, man! That's just, what a cool idea. So this is your partner's son that came up with this idea. Correct. Correct, and um yeah, he, he's uh, his inside, he's actually down at Destin right now uh so, so running running a uh, restaurant <laughs> that's right. wow, that's a good, that's really neat, guys um, I think that's just so cool that you're doing that Chris, and um you know these are great examples folks who are listening here of, of you know things that are not sort of the conventional approach that that are not really measurable, and I think sometimes people like. You know, it's, it's like, I don't know, there's the measurable things and there's the immeasurable things. And, you know, you can't really measure what does it mean to staff when you, you know, non-tip staff when you just voluntarily daily go raise their minimum wage to a significant amount above, above what's required or, you know, what does it mean to the community when you're serving these meals like that. But, you know, clearly it's something that you guys believe in and you're passionate about it and um, you uh, <coughs> you're doing something that is different than what other people are doing. And, you know, sometimes that can be hard to do because, it's you, you know, if you you can have some fear of, of going against the grain or, or, you know, trying things that are unproven or whatever. But the great thing about it is these kinds of things, if you stick with them and believe in them and they're core to what you do, they, they tend to work themselves out, don't they, Chris? Yeah, I, uh, I couldn't agree more. And, and you know, at, at the end of the day, it's, we, it, we've been so fortunate to to be successful in the business of selling food that, you know, it, it's, it's really not a big deal for us to be giving some of it away. And so, you know, at all of our restaurants, we do a uh, Thanksgiving charity day feast. Well, uh, on Thanksgiving Day, on, on the actual uh, Thanksgiving Day at, at every location, our chefs prepare an incredible, wonderful meal that they work on for weeks. I mean, it's not your frozen food, open a can and dump it on a plate. I mean, it's, it's home-cooked. Incredible meals. And what we do is we open all of our doors on Thanksgiving Day to the general public. And anybody, uh, no questions asked, is welcome to come into our restaurant on that day and, and enjoy a wonderful Thanksgiving meal. And, uh, and what we do is, uh, um, that's, that's great for me because I'm, I'm in a, the past eight years, I've, I've been one of our stores on Thanksgiving Day. And it's, and there's a common ground in, in all of it. And it's that, it brings in all walks of life because what we do is, you know, there, there could be an affluent family who's very capable of preparing uh, Thanksgiving meal themselves. But what we do is we pick a local charity in town uh, that we feel like that can, can use a little bit of our help. And and what we do is, so our doors are open on Thanksgiving Day, but the people come in and have a Thanksgiving meal. And that affluent family can write us a check and leave it in the little, and, and give it to us as a donation because they know that. We're, we're picking a charity to help out. And then, uh, at the very end, what we do is we take all the money that's been donated to us on that day and we just give it all to that local charity that we pay. So, uh, in Knoxville last year, that was our first, first year that we did it. And I believe we served a close to 500 meals that day. And we were able to raise, uh, almost $4,000 on Thanksgiving Day. And what we did was we picked a local charity called the Love Kitchen. It was wonderful, wonderful, um, Twin sisters who've been doing it for years. Unfortunately, one of the sisters passed away this past year, but we'll certainly pick the Love Kitchen uh, this year to help them out. Is uh, um, and yeah, so at, at the the dance and Thanksgiving, we took a check for four grand over to the, the the women at the Love Kitchen, and you know, in situations like that, you know, yeah, we do get we do get you know press and media, you know, that come by and they tell us and say, yeah, you guys are doing a great thing, but. Honestly, you know, the, the heroes in this situation is not us. It's those women uh, over at the Love Kitchen who have been doing this. They do this every single day of their lives. You know, they, they yeah. provide uh, free meals to, the, to, to homeless people every day. And here we are doing it one day out of the year and getting pats on the back. And, 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 and that's wonderful. And it's great that we're getting that, um, you know, that, that people are paying mind to it. But... You know like I said, well we're not the heroes in this situation. we're only doing something because we think we should and and like i said if we, if if we're in a position to help somebody out, uh especially on Thanksgiving Day, you know helping out homeless people who are not able to eat uh, uh a rich family who doesn't feel like cooking or doing dishes uh or these people uh that run the love kitchen, you know it's it's uh we're we're certainly happy to do so. Yeah, that's really cool, Chris. Well, and, and, here. and that, that idea, oh, sorry, Chris, John, and, and that idea, that's something that, um, Charles came up with, you know, he's been doing that for over 20 years down in Destin at HarborDox. You know, he's, he, he has, uh, his charities that he picks down in Destin, and I think his store, uh, don't quote me on these numbers, but I, I think last year he, uh, served like 12,000 lunches or, or, on the, or meals on Thanksgiving Day, raised, you know, twenty thirty thousand $30,000 on, on that day alone. Um, I'm not exactly sure of those numbers, but it's, it's somewhere around there, but he does that, yeah, he's been in there for, you know, almost 30 years, so. That's so cool, I man. What a great part of your, uh, your culture and the way you guys do things, it's, um, just, you know, I tip my hat here. it's wonderful to hear that. Let me, let me ask you this. One more thing I want to ask you, you and I know you're busy, um, okay. but what, what would you, what would you tell yourself, if you could, uh have a hold of yourself from, you know, when you were just getting started with the business and based on what you learned over the years, so any advice you'd give yourself? Any advice I'd give myself? You know, um, I would tell myself to expect problems every day. And, and I, in fact, you know, just, just had a meeting with those, one of our managers in, in our cabinet yesterday. It's, you know, they're, they're getting overwhelmed. It's a new store, it's a new operation. And, and they feel like they're in uncharted territory because they're bringing all these problems to the table. And, uh, you know, one thing or another. And I think in this business, you're gonna have to learn that, uh, um, no two days are really alike. Uh, you're gonna have to expect problems, but the the key, I think, um which has helped us to get to at least where we are now, uh, is, is to realizing that there's gonna be mistakes, but it's what you do after, after you realize that there are mistakes. And it, it, we're sitting in a meeting, we had an hour-long meeting, and, and I don't particularly like long meetings, so I, I I tend to say, hey, after an hour, we're done, <laughs> because, you know, everybody loses attention. But, uh, you know, the things at the end of the meeting, I said, okay, look, and no one's at the battle, right? We've got all these problems, everybody's taking great notes, I'm paying attention, you, you have great notes, you have great notes. The key is now, like, what are we going to do with these notes after we leave this meeting? Like, it, uh, effective communication, um, and, this, and I'll, I'll go into a little bit why we like schedule slides so much, uh, but effective communication is absolute key to, to, to fixing the space. And, you know, we have a back of the house, you know, our, our kitchen manager is at meeting. You know, all the problems that we point out at the kitchen, like, how is he going to get that message across to his entire staff? How is the, the bar, uh, front of the house manager going to get his problems across to the service and the bar staff? And, and and communication, good communication. So let's take all these notes, but let's, let's realize these mistakes, but then let's figure out how we're gonna fix these mistakes and make sure they don't happen again. So so to answer your question, I, I would I would tell myself, listen, expect mistakes. You've got to be good about making sure uh these mistakes are noticed, um uh rectified and then um making sure that we don't repeat these mistakes. Gotcha, gotcha, good advice, good stuff. Um Man, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this first. This is really uh, really mm-hmm. fascinating and very educational for anybody that listens and I I you know we um I don't know if you've ever seen any of the videos we we've produced. Um we we did a video series for the last couple of years kinda of featuring successful restaurant owners and we haven't done one in about a year now because I frankly I got a little tired of travelling but <laughs> I think we're gonna start picking it up a little yeah, bit it in two thousand sixteen. Man, I would love to come film you sometime and have you share of okay. your story and let us make some really cool videos about what you guys are doing um if you'd be if you'd be into it um i think you all are just i really love the way you go about business and uh just your style and your approach and your philosophy and uh it's just really refreshing and inspiring man so i appreciate you taking the time to do this very much yeah absolutely and i'd be absolutely tickled to do that man it's, it's nice of you to be a- to, to take note of, you know, we we do things unconventionally, you and know, it's, it's it, we don't really do things the typical way, and it's uh it's, it's nice of you to take notice, of, and and you know we 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 feel the same about your company. I mean, this, which is why we're attracted to Gatherfly. It's, it's it's uh, the, the the details are wonderful. I right hear, you know, I I use the dashboard center where I I log in to look at all the locations, and, and I hear from all my management staff it's the, the usability and and uh, and, and how easy it is to communicate to the rest of the staff that the platform you guys have provided is, is we feel it's, it's, it's simple. It's laid out nicely, uh, which go kind of goes along with our concept of being simple. And, you know, it's not, it's not overly done. It's not, you know, it's not, you know, try to get too fancy with, you know, bells and whistles. It's, it's everything you need and nothing more. And, and, um, yeah, congrats to y'all for, for running a successful deal down there. I appreciate that. I appreciate you saying that, but you didn't uh you didn't need to say that too. <laughs> so you I really really appreciate. Yeah. It. We of we uh we're honored to have your business and, and appreciate it. Man. And uh just thanks again for the time. Uh this is really I'm excited. I can't wait to post this. I know anybody listening is gonna get a ton of value and uh hopefully, you know, think about ways that you know, not necessarily the common ways of doing things that could be really valuable and successful there. Business and help for your community and uh just really good stuff, man. So Chris, uh thank you very much man. We'll we'll stay in touch for sure. Really appreciate it your time. It's been yeah, it's been my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. All right, man. Take care. Okay, thanks. All right, bye bye.